0: Welcome to the EXO Marriage Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today. This podcast is an inside look at all things XO and is dedicating to helping you thrive in life and in love. I am Brent Evans, president of Marriage Today and founder of EXO Marriage. During one of our recent EXO events, I sat down with Clayton and Ashley Hurst. If you don't know them, they are the marriage and family directors of Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. We discussed the struggles they faced in their first few years of marriage and how they found hope in their relationship. They are now taking that information and what they learned and spreading the hope to all couples they encounter, but also how that hope changed their family and is impacting their kids and future generations. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, but this holiday season really can be one of the most stressful and lonely in a marriage, but we want everyone to know there's hope for you. Let's listen in to my conversation with Clayton and Ashley. We are live in Rockford, Illinois, and we're having a good time here at the EXO conference, EXO Rockford City First Church. And, uh, you know, I was introduced to the pastor and the marriage pastor really through Clayton and Ashley Hurst, who are our guests today on the program. So, welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, we're excited to be here.
0: We've known each other for a long time. Y'all are the marriage pastors at Lakewood Church. Has anybody heard of Lakewood Church in America? <sighs> Who hasn't heard of a Lakewood church? I don't know.
1: It's, it's just little, this little on. startup yeah. church out in Houston. Kind of a
0: cowboy church. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> this pastor, I think he's going to make it. I don't know. I don't know.
1: We'll
0: see. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Osteen? No.
2: Jerry Osteen. <laughs> Ola-stain. Ola-stain.
1: We Ola-stain. Ola-stain. We hear that a lot. <laughs> Make sure you add the L.
0: <laughs> no. Well, well, we're friends, and so it's great to have you on the podcast. Y'all have a session coming up this afternoon, uh, and of course, y'all spoke at the EXO conference in February at Gateway. Mm-hmm. Today is about learning more about you, more about your message and your book, Hope for Your Marriage, which has been out for six months mm-hmm. right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Right about, yeah. And is it just killing it?
2: Oh, man. (laughs) It is actually a bestseller in our home. And uh, all the kids have it. Yeah, it's great.
0: No, y'all really have been on the charts.
1: Uh, yeah, we, we, it's funny, um, a kid, or he's, he's an adult now, but from our children's ministry, so we used to do kids ministry for years, and he was, um, Clay, he had contacted Clayton, he's about to get married, and he lives in Cape town, Cape town, South Africa, and Clayton was like, well, let me send you our book, so that way we can kind of go through our book, and he goes, well, they sell it at the bookstore down the road, do you want me to just go buy it? And we're like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding? We had no idea, so no we're just, we, you know, we're from East Texas, small town, so it just, it kind of blows our mind when we hear these things about our book and it being in different places like that.
2: Yeah, And people are, you know, they're using it in small groups. We have questions at the end of each chapter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really just um, just kind of shared our story about what God did and, and how he did it and the steps that we took to get out of a kind of a dark place in the beginning mm-hmm. of our marriage. And uh, we're really kind of beside ourselves on on what God's using it for and what he's using our story for. Um, yeah. And people are seeing results from it. So You're so it.
0: humble, but you guys, again, are the marriage pastors at Michael <laughs> <and> Church. <laughs> you have a book out called Hope for Your Marriage that is a great book, and it really should be read by... Everybody out there, small groups should be doing it. So, congratulations on that. It's it is like having a a baby, writing a book and releasing it, and you just hope that people will appreciate the the child that you've just given to to the world. It's it's a part of you, yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, it, it really is uh, resonating with so many couples. And I d- I just wanted yeah. to mention this too. Uh, y'all heard the story at our conference uh, in February at XO. So, uh, there was a couple that was, I think, y'all were maybe the fifth session or something like that. They'd been a a part of the conference that day. It was y'all's session that really broke through their heart. Mm. And uh, it was your message, the one that's from Hope for Your Marriage, that transformed their marriage. And Mm. uh, I know they came up to you guys and shared their story. Yeah. uh, But that's got to be encouraging. Uh, I think it
2: it makes everything that Mm. it took to, to yeah. like you said, deliver the baby, deliver the book. Mm-hmm. I think it makes all of that worth it. You know that just one couple, you know, could could get something out of it. Yeah, I think we it was literally a labor of love. There were mm-hmm. so many times, you know, writing that we kind of had to go back and relive. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to go back and remember uh, what we really put each other through. You know, and there was a lot of tears. Uh, great conversation. Yeah. We we now tell couples is like maybe you should write a book. You know, just because it makes you open yourself up. Yeah. To uh, to go back to therapeutic, re- yeah, very therapeutic kind of uh, healing process. Even mm-hmm. even more than what we thought we needed.
1: Well, yeah, and we were very vulnerable in our book. We we kind of put it all out there of everything that we went through. And so, of course, when you expose yourself in that way, the enemy tries to attack you. And well, especially for me, of just I can't believe you put that in print. I can't believe you're saying those things about what you went through and and what you know you know, things that people didn't know. A lot of people from our hometown didn't know the things that we struggled with Vulner- early vulnerable. on in our marriage. Yeah,
0: you're very vulnerable in that state.
1: And so to hear the stories of people saying how much it's helped them, it just, it means everything, you mm-hmm. know, because it wasn't done in vain. It really was. Our, our, our whole purpose was to help marriages and to help people that, you know, because our story is not a unique story. We've, found that it's a very common story but that's why it needs to be told because so many people go through the same things that we mm-hmm. go through mm-hmm. but yet they're scared to share with anybody they're scared and and a lot of times I know for me the enemy tries to tell Would tell me, you know, you're the only one that goes through this. How could you be in this place? How could you get yourself to this point? And, and it's such a lie. We all go through things. There's not one marriage out there that hasn't dealt with things or issues or, and and needs some help.
2: Right.
0: Describe, describe the valley for, for those listening that don't know your story. Describe Mm -hmm. the low point where, where rock bottom was. Yeah. I think for us,
2: it was, um, it didn't happen overnight. I think we thought that marriage was going to be um, a great time. Uh, easy, we, yeah, it was going to be easy. <laughs> we had great parents that modeled a great marriage, grandparents that modeled a great marriage. Um, I think for us, it was uh, it was a slow descent. It was just little things that that uh, would happen, <clears throat> little things that would happen, and um, I think we got down to the bottom probably about year five, between mm-hmm. year five and year six. And um, we were both very prideful. I was very prideful, very arrogant. Um, I I didn't know what her problem was. You know, (laughs) I I knew I had it all together. I had all the answers. Um, Felt like I was getting my my respect from work and from Mm -hmm. people outside. Uh, people would come up to Ashley and go, "Oh my gosh, Clayton's so funny! You know to work with. Uh, I can't. I can't at imagine at our church. Yeah, he was a, a pastor church. at our church. I can't imagine what he's like at home." And she would say, uh, "Oh, I was
1: just like, oh yeah, he's great." But in my mind, I was thinking he's a big jerk, is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even know. I wish I had that guy at home. Yeah, I don't right. know who that guy is.
2: So I think it was, uh, and we assumed that we were the only ones. We assumed that, you know, everybody else seems to have, you know, a great marriage. Seems like they're all smiling and having a great time. Uh, What's our problem? What's our issue? And um, I think for us, it was the the point that was the turning point for us uh, was funny because because I was a pastor, people were coming to me for advice, (laughs) marriage advice. (laughs) I could tell people how to have a great marriage, but I couldn't do it on my own, you know, and couldn't have a great marriage on our own. And there was a there was a couple that had been coming uh, for quite a few weeks i was trying to help them felt like we were making progress and found out later that they ended up getting a divorce well i was prideful and arrogant how dare you you know all this kind of stuff and another couple gets ready to come in and i remember just i, I know it was the lord that just kind of spoke to my heart and said are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the marriage you've always hoped and dreamed of and i'm thinking oh my gosh that's brilliant i'm going to i'm going to ask this couple you know about that question of course, I set them down and asked them the question and they said, well, yeah, of course, that's why we're here. We want to do whatever it takes to have a great marriage. And I remember leaving that session that day and driving home and I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart again and said, Clayton, that question wasn't for that couple. That question was for you. Are you willing? You know, and it, that was a breaking point wow. for me. You know, and I got home. I explained to Ashley everything that had happened. And this was five years. Five years. I'd just given birth
1: to our first child. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with postpartum depression. um, And then just not having anybody to talk to, um, because I didn't feel like I could go to him because he would always try to fix all my problems and wouldn't really listen to me. And I was too, because he was a pastor at our home church, then he was the kid's pastor. I've, I was too embarrassed to talk to anybody about anything I was going through. Even the, well, I didn't even know it was postpartum depression. I, I thought I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of at my wits end and my lowest point of, I even had um, suicidal thoughts because I just didn't know, I didn't know where else to turn, mm-hmm. and so when he came home and he said all these things, and it was the first time I'd ever seen um, really humility in him. It was it was everything to me. It was it was a turning point in our marriage where I, I saw hope, mm-hmm. where I saw okay, maybe maybe we can work through this. You know, here's hope. I, he's actually exposing himself to me. He's being vulnerable, and I've never seen that side of him. You know what 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 do I need to do now? What's our next step was kind of where we were at that point.
2: And that was the <clears throat> that was really the low point and and it didn't happen overnight to get out of that. You know it, it it took us five years to get into the to the bottom of the valley and, and it took some time to get out, mm-hmm. but it was a daily choice that we made yeah. I think we realized early on that uh in that process that every day was waking up and choosing to love each other, mm. choosing to uh, to respond uh kindly to each other, mm-hmm. choosing to do things for each other and there were times where we didn 't feel like it you know mm-hmm. it's like half the time you may not feel like you're saved, but you know. That you're saved, you know, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. So there were times during that season that I didn't, I didn't feel like, or she didn't feel like that we loved each other, but we chose love, yeah. you know, and began to just speak life in the. We declared it, yeah, yeah
1: we. Matthew 17:20 is when Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says if you just have a little bit of faith you can speak to that mountain and it will move. And so we didn't have a, like this big amount of faith that everything was going to be okay. We had but we had a little bit of faith and that's all you need. You just need a little bit of faith and with that we just began to declare, we began to speak over our marriage even when we didn't feel like it. We were just like you know we are going to get out of this lord you're going to help us get out of this help us to choose to love each other every day help us to forgive each other every day and i mean slowly but surely man it, but it just if it, if you just have a little bit of hope if you can mm-hmm. just see a little bit of light through the darkness it makes all the difference in the world
2: mm-hmm. i think we were at a place to where we weren't necessarily looking to the very top of that valley we were just looking at our next step mm-hmm. yeah you know because i think if i think there are times where we'll we'll talk to couples and they are in kind of the same place where we are mm-hmm. and and they feel as though it's so overwhelming to get to a, a good place, you know, or to that high, high mountaintop experience. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times what we'll tell them is that, are you willing just to take a step? Yeah. And if you can take a step today, you can take a step tomorrow. And then you can take another step. Well, then after a few weeks, you look back and, you know, you may not be where you want to be, but at least you're not where you used to be, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that was that was huge for us that yeah. it was just a little step every day.
1: And we also started reading books. You know, it's mm-hmm. so important to get the knowledge. You know, we were lacking the knowledge that we needed. We didn't do premarital premar- counseling, which... Mm-hmm we, we should have <laughs> so important
0: it's very common yeah, yeah. No, not a lot of people do it
1: yeah. yeah I mean we we went to one session and I don't know we just kind of blew it off we didn't really think it was that important we yeah. thought oh this will be easy you know um but we started reading books we found a couple to mentor us that we would go and have mm-hmm. dinner with or coffee with and really just pick their brain and and find out how this marriage thing works they had really great kids they were just great parents so we just really gleaned a lot from them. And, and that was really important too, for us to do that as well.
2: Great, this small sidetrack, but a great full circle moment. That couple oh, yeah. was actually, they, they were at one of the simulcast locations for the EXO conference back in February. Mm. They drove over and, and met us that night uh, in the lobby at gate, at uh, Gateway Church mm. and just had a great opportunity just to see the full circle moment. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, wow, it's wow. like going, do you, do you guys know what you spoke into yeah, our life? And, like, and, and there was just this mutual thing that, uh, you know, they were so proud of us and mm-hmm. we were so grateful for them. Yeah. Uh, of everything. That they yeah, their us kids
1: with. are in college now. Yeah. And just, you know, it was just like, wow, it's, yeah, it was a full circle moment to see them mm-hmm. and just say, you know, we, because of you and what you poured into us, this is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you.
0: you are an interesting season of life because you have a daughter that's almost 18 and you have a son <laughs> that's around toddler still <laughs> of our about to be pre-K. Uh, yes. And uh, so d- describe the dynamic of that, of, of being uh, you know, you've got a good marriage, but the stress of kids yeah. um, having to deal with teenagers and toddlers. Mm. Um, <laughs> what does a typical day in the life of the Hearsts look Ooh. like? Well,
1: um, a lot
2: of we, I, I praying have, and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, have to, I have to get up really early just to have that uh that time yeah. with God. Yeah. Because I know, you know, it's like in any family with kids, it's like as soon as one gets up, the others are up. And oh, yeah. You know, there's no, it's like you've <laughs> you've lit the fuse and it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I think for us, it's, it's we're at a place and a season in our life to where it's just full tilt boogie all the time. Yeah. You know, with a daughter who's a senior in high school, another daughter who's a uh, sixth grader and first year in junior high. Both of them are very active in extracurricular stuff with theater and things like that. And then you throw a three-year-old in the mix. Um, <laughs> he he brings a lot of joy that we d- weren't expecting. I think when we first found out that, um, when we first found out we were pregnant, Ashley was I was 43. Ashley was getting ready to turn. I was turn. two months
1: from turning 40. Mm-hmm.
2: We It was just so not in what we were thinking was mm-hmm. about no. to happen. We're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're so close. It's like we see the finish the line. The finish line was so you know, close. <laughs> um, and, and literally, I think we all went through all the stages of, of grief. Of the grief. seven
1: stages of grief. And yeah. I did in one day, I think. Yeah. This can't be happening. But,
2: yeah. you know, now to, now to pull back and see, you know— we had a we had a good marriage then, but I think it's just drawn us even closer. Mm. You know, yeah. I think we we take the time to continue to have date nights and to continue to do things together. What we didn't realize was how much um, our having a great marriage impacts our children. Yes, you know, and how our kids are constantly watching what we Absolutely. say, what mm, we 100%. do, hundred percent. You know, it's not about really; it's not about what you tell them. It's about what you show them. Mm. Yeah. You know, because they're constantly looking and even picking up on things that we never thought that they would pick up on yeah. you know and from the way they they talk to either ashley or myself yeah. and the importance of showing love showing respect to to uh, to us but yeah, it's been a full circle.
1: Yeah. Addie, years. our oldest, who's about to turn eighteen, uh, we were back in the spring when we were, you know, promoting our book, we were on like a local television show and she and I were watching it, the playback of it. And she was like, Yeah, I really liked when you said this one point, da 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 because I remember you guys talking about that the other day and I thought that was really good. And I'm like, you're listening to what we were talking about. She goes, "Mom, I listen to everything you guys say." I'm like, "Okay, no all pressure. right, no pressure no there, pressure. Yeah. no pressure there." But yeah, she's really taking it in. It's funny because she finds the whole honor and respect of men and how women need love; those number one needs, you know, of security, love, and honor and respect. And and she was she's talked about it with her friends, and and she's even told me, you know, I think she's really struggling with her boyfriend or whatever because she doesn't understand how much he needs honor and respect, and how much. And I'm like, "What? Wow, I didn't, I didn't." Think about things like that when I was her age. But, but it's so important. They pick up on everything you talk about. You know, we really try to talk about those things in front of each other. And I think another thing that we do that's really important is we are far from being perfect parents. I mean, far from it. Mm-hmm. And we lose our temper. We get upset with them, but especially Clayton, I love that he always...
2: Especially me, I lose my temper all no, the time. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it really,
1: like, he will come back around and apologize and humble himself to our kids. And that just speaks such volumes to me. And I realize, okay, I need to do that more. I'm not doing that as much as he is. But I love that that they get to see that side of us, you know, because we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We, you know, get upset with our kids, lose our temper. But when I see him come back around and do that, you know, I just think we're teaching them how to forgive. We're teaching them how to forgive their future spouse. We're teaching them how to be vulnerable with their future spouse. And mm. I just think that's, that's so important.
2: I I think what what I've seen is that when you Mm -hmm. do that, when you're real uh, with your kids and you're honest and and you make mistakes and you say you're sorry, um, it really opens up the door for great communication and great conversations. Uh, I've had some great conversations with our oldest daughter and even preparing her now for marriage you know, and I, I've told both of my girls this, mm-hmm. you know, my number one, as a father, my number one responsibility is to guard and protect your heart so that on the day that I present you to your uh, to your future husband, it has as little scars as possible on your heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think having those moments to where I can kind of yeah. uh, help and instruct and kind of show her, hey, this is what a guy's thinking. This mm-hmm. is from a, a man's uh, perspective. Yeah, if you, you wear know. this, or yeah. if you
1: say that, and you know, I my I have a wonderful father. I love my father so much, but I never had those conversations. He never had those conversations with me, which I think is the majority of most people. The fact that Clayton has those conversations with our daughters is just. Huge. It's, it's huge. amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're very open with them about boy-girl relationships mm-hmm. and we have pretty strict rules about dating. And, um, I just, I love that he's a part of that conversation. He, he is so involved in that conversation with them and, and, um,
0: any shotguns or bats?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep those things hidden. Yeah. That way you never know, you know, but one of the things we told our daughters from early age is that, Hey, you can have a boyfriend anytime you want. But there are three standard things that we go by. One, they have to love God with all their heart. They have to be involved in their local church. And then they have to come talk to me. Mm-hmm. I've never had a young boy come <laughs> and talk to me. And it's not that I wouldn't be open, but but what I try to explain to them is that, you know, I'm not only helping you try to find the one that God has for you, but I'm also trying to help keep the riffraff out, mm-hmm. you know? And so if yeah. there's a guy that you don't think, yeah, I don't really like him, just tell him you, you got to go interview with my dad, you know, and they'll ta- they'll take we'll off run. running, you know? And so, um <laughs>
0: So, yeah. What is the nothing box? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's that safe, fun place Aww. that guys go to. Uh. I
0: think that's pretty common in, in, in guys' world. And I think that's it's good for our <laughs> listeners to kind of hear you uh, explain what a mind of a man looks like. Uh,
1: I'm still trying to figure that out.
2: (laughs) And I think that's probably, you know, we send out surveys and it's funny how uh, number one need a lot of times, number one issue that that couples deal with is communication. And I think it stems from not understanding how we process information, but I think also looking at each other and recognizing the the masterpiece that God's created in your spouse and how they process information, how they store information, how they communicate information is... uh, is to be, you know, revered and to be looked at and like, wow, that's interesting. I don't understand it. I don't see it. But okay, I respect that, you know. And so one of the things that we talk about in the book is the nothing box. And I told (laughs) Ashley, I said, you know, I just had to help you understand. I said, my mind is a a lot like a, um, a storage facility. You know, there's a lot of, you know, storage facilities you drive by and you open up one um, garage door and there's a lot of boxes inside of it. You know, and there's a box for me, there's a box for family, there's a box for work, there's a box for, you know, kids or wife or whatever. And then I close all those boxes and I put them down and I go to the other garage door, you know, and there's other boxes. Well, one of those boxes is the nothing box. And for me, I love getting in the nothing box. And so when, in early on in our marriage, whenever she would say, hey, what are you you thinking about? Uh, I would just say, nothing. And she would be what do you mean you're not thinking about nothing? Well, come to find out, her mind is more like the backside of an entertainment center. Mm-hmm. You know, cables going everywhere, plugged into everything. The front side, it may not be turned on, but everything is got power going to it. And it's con- she's constantly thinking. So I asked her one time, I said, "So, so does your mind ever shut off? And she goes, no, no, that that'd be weird. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm stressing out just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But then we found out that you know, not every not every man thinks like I think. You know, not every woman thinks the way she does. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're 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 different or they're opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But I think that was such a huge thing for us.
1: Yeah, because when he would tell me that he was thinking about nothing, I I would think, okay, he doesn't want to talk to me because that's impossible. <laughs> so why doesn't he want to talk to me? You know, what have I done? What did I do wrong? You know, why doesn't he want to have a conversation with me? And Um, so when we kind of discovered this nothing box, I was like, really? And so I would ask other men, I was like, do you really, you really can think about nothing? Yes. What? No. So I'd ask another man, is that, is this real? Is this true? Is this possible? Yes. Like, wow, that, I I still can't imagine
2: what that's like. Well, and I think for, for men that are listening, uh, thinking about your wife and I, and I've asked that to this question I'm sure every man that's listening has had their wife ask them a question that came out of left field, right? You know, you're driving down the road and just something pops up. You're not even having that conversation about anything. And then she comes in with a question that is just so out of uh, out of left field. And and I asked Ashley this one day and I said, I just before I answer this question, I don't even remember what the question was. I said, Will you just tell me It was me? like,
1: why is that building there?
2: Yeah. Well and I said, <laughs> Well, and I, I said, Will you just tell me where did that question originate? She goes, "I don't think you're ready to to take go down that rabbit hole." And I said, "Okay, just try me." She said, "Well, I saw that sign back there and that reminded me of a second-grade teacher and that reminded me of this and that reminded me of that." And I mean, all these different things and I'm like, "How long did it take you to think of that?" And she goes, eh, "A couple of seconds." I'm like, <laughs> "That just stresses me out to no to no reason." So, yeah. It was just a uh, but it but I stand in awe of how God has created that. But I wish I would have done that early on in our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that we would have that understanding of how each other processes information and how we regurgitate that information in communication. Man, that would have saved a lot of fights, a, a lot of friction, a lot of uh, back and forth.
0: Yeah. Give our listeners just one final marriage nugget. Like if you could talk to a couple, uh, let's just say married, maybe five to 10 years, because mm-hmm. um, I think that's the most stressful times in relationship, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're. You're within that zone of uh, honeymoon phase is over. You've added a lot of stress, job, kids, whatever it is. If you could tell somebody one thing to keep their marriage fresh, good, whatever it is, there's something they could they could hang their yeah. hat on every day. Yeah.
1: For me, I think Clayton already touched on it earlier. I would say it's the understanding of what... Um, that agape love is of choosing to love your spouse every day because love's not a feeling, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge month's change for us because, you know, there were days where I didn't feel like I wanted to love him because he was being mean to me. And once I understood that first Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it keeps no record of wrong. I even was at a wedding recently where the pastor changed that and put their names in there. Ashley is patient. Ashley is kind. Ashley keeps no record of wrong. And I think that's a really great way to look at it. And maybe even... Even to meditate on that of you know what, I've got to be patient with him. I've got to, you know, I don't keep a record of every time he's hurt me, you know, of keeping those things in the forefront of I'm gonna choose to love my spouse today regardless of what he does to me. I think it that is a huge mind shift for a lot of couples mm-hmm. because, you know, we're so used to that. Um, I think it's the Greek is like it's the Eros love, the um, you know, I I'm I'm gonna love you because of what you're gonna give me, mm-hmm. you know, and once you don't give me anything I'm done. But it's that agape love. It's the love that the Lord talks about. It's the command he gave to us, you know, In sick love God.
0: And 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 you know, all the stages of the vows you've recited. Yeah. Agape love is the only way you're gonna get through it. It's the Mm
1: -hmm. only way you're gonna get through it. And you can only get through it with God's help. And so, you know, when he commanded us to love others, you can't command a feeling. Mm -hmm. You can only, you know, it has to be a choice. It has to be a choice you make. And so um, in those days when I didn't feel like loving him, but I chose to love him anyway, Mm -hmm. That that just made all the difference in the world, and it also it helped with my security as well because I wasn't dependent on him to to make me feel good all day. You know, it was a, it was my relationship with the Lord that kept me strong during that time of choosing to
2: love. I think for me, if if I could go back and or if I could tell any guys that are listening, um, it's something that I remember your dad spoke about one time that um, in Ephesians five, you know, God explains what the role of a husband is and what the role of a wife is, and you know guys you're supposed to love your wife as Christ loves the church uh, wives submit to your husbands cuz they're the head of the household you know and a lot of times we see those as two different things but really what god's saying is let me show you how to do that and it and it comes from verse 21 it says submit one to another and i think the thing that we get asked a lot is that what do you see as the number one issue in marriage and hands down it's pride you know that was my issue i know that was our issue but it's funny how in verse 21 in Ephesians 5, it says to submit one to another. It's really submitting to each other and humbling yourself to each other keeps pride away. Mm-hmm. You know, it it leads to being vulnerable with each other. It leads to being exposed to each other so that you don't give a place for the enemy to come in and drive a drive a wedge between you. So that would be my biggest thing is, and then ultimately try to find the resources that you can um, to to take your marriage from the step that you are right now to the next step. Mm -hmm. And I think Marriage Today, you guys do such an amazing Mm -hmm. job of having just such quality um, resources that are available for people that are in every stage of that journey. You know, so I would encourage people to find some resources, a a tour event, uh, a conference that can help them take that next step in their journey.
0: Well, this is kind of a warm-up for you guys. You're about to go on stage and crush it. <laughs> yeah. We're excited. Yeah, we're excited. Clayton and Ashley, thanks for being on the podcast today. If people want to check out your book, uh, I know it's everywhere because it's in Africa. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all over the world. But uh, is there a just Amazon? Do you guys yeah, send people to Amazon?
2: Am- Amazon, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere online, they can get it.
0: Yeah, and if you're in Houston, go to Lakewood Church and check them out. They have an awesome marriage class every weekend I know the Brights do that yeah, class, which y'all are yeah. running point on everything. Uh, go check them out. You will, you'll be impressed with uh, Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. I was impressed when I was there. All right. Thanks guys so much. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening to the EXO podcast and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the EXO marriage podcast. I wanted to let you know that we have two other podcasts available. And I really encourage you to check them out. We have a Marriage Today podcast. This includes teachings from my dad and EXO conference clips. They're incredible teachings. I know they'll bless your marriage. Also, David Ashley Willis, some of our featured speakers on the EXO tour have their own podcast called The Naked Marriage. It's got tons of great content. They take subjects that I know you'll care about and expound upon them and really dive deep into things that will enrich your marriage. So check out those two podcasts, Marriage Today podcast, Naked Marriage podcast. Thanks for tuning in.